0: You're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland Podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. That was uh, that was a lot for you to say. I mean, I was like, I felt you there. Man, what else are we saying here? All right. Hey, um, we are starting a new series today. Uh, that we're calling Jehovah, and uh, it, it pretty exciting. And so um, with that being said, uh, if we were going to start a new series about Jehovah, we'd have to start in the beginning. And uh, so we are going to jump off with uh, in the beginning. I'm going to start with the first uh, uh, title of, of one of the names of Jehovah that is largely overmissed, Jehovah bore Have you ever heard that name before, Jehovah bore And so uh, Jehovah bore uh, literally means uh, Jehovah the Creator, The Lord Creator, and so uh, we're going to go right to the very, very beginning of this conversation. I'm excited, I'm nervous, like all crazy. I think I've probably overstudied for this, and um, I've got too many things to say. We're going to try to cram them in here. Lord Jesus, would you help me? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and uh, let's pray. Dear Jesus, help. Amen. 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 Uh, when we uh, we we want to talk about the the names of God because it's important because when we identify who He is, it changes our perspective of Him, and so in the very verse verse of all of the Bible, the Lord identifies Himself as the Lord Creator, uh, and so. We want to lean into that. Now it's important for you to know that of all the names of God, in the the third commandment, Jesus said that thou shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Right. So we want to make sure that we 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 keep the Lord's name in vain, uh, uh, not in vain. Yesterday I was don't keep the Lord's name in vain. Yesterday I was at a baseball tournament, and I'm sitting in front of someone that I know is uh, is 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 a a radical believer. They go to church every week. And something happened in one of the plays that didn't go in our direction. And man, Jesus was, was glorified in a terrible way. Uh, and it's crazy to me how many of us don't recognize that his name is holy. Jesus taught us this in prayer when he taught us the Lord's Prayer. He, in, in, in the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer, uh, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so I recognize that learning the names of God, it it teaches us more of who he is and gives us a greater perspective of of his role in our life. And so in Genesis 1, 1, we see him coming out of the gate saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now this word, God created, is the word Elohim. Everyone say Elohim. Elohim. uh, is translated in many different ways, actually, throughout the whole scripture. But in in chapters one through verse, like chapter two, it's mentioned over eighteen times. God created, and that's what Elohim means. God created, and in this passage, and so uh, I want to lean into that. I want you to remember uh, a name can mean different things. Abram, in in scripture in Genesis, his name Abram meant uh, uh, God, the father. Oh my heavens, exalted father was what Abram meant. And so here's a guy who's named exalted father and the majority of his life, he can't have kids. What a curse. And it wasn't until the Lord changed his name to Abraham that he became the the, the father of many, you know? And so what I, I want us to recognize that there's so much in a name. Elohim, God, our creator. In the beginning, God had created the heavens and the earth. The very first verse, in the beginning, what we see is that the Lord sat outside of this very beginning. In the beginning, there was time. There was a moment that took place. And in the beginning, before the beginning took place, the Lord existed. The Lord existed outside of time. And this is hard for our mind to wrap around, but there was a beginning of the world that we know. In the beginning was time. And then it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He created the heavens. There was space. The heavens declare your righteousness, right? This is what we know of scripture. And as we look out over the stars, they're gloriously beautiful. And what we know is that As far as we can see, this is what we know is of the heavens. They are out there. They are glorious. They are everywhere. And and some scientists today would say that, that that the world is still expanding, right? Almost every scientist that studies the universe says that the universe is still expanding. In the beginning, there was time. In the beginning, there was space. And in the beginning, he created the earth. There was matter. Now, it's a really weird dynamic to recognize this concept of the Big Bang theory that the, some people do uh, believe in. And I am someone that does believe in the Big Bang. I'm not trying to be cute, but I believe that God spoke and, and something powerful happened. And, but for scientists to lean into this thought, it's a tricky subject for them. There was a conversation, I got a little cute little guy here, I asked my friend to make me a person, and um, it says, man, and if you could see the detail, he's got hair, there was this old joke um, about a conversation that a scientist had with God, and they were going to have a competition about who can make a greater man. I don't know if you know this, but man is getting very arrogant in today's society, we are creating things that I believe that is really radical. We are changing things that we have no business changing and creating things that we have no business creating. And there's a conversation that man had, a scientist had with God, and he said, uh, I believe I can make a better human than you. And the Lord says, well, I'll go first, you know. And he takes the dirt man was made from the dust of the earth, and he takes the dust and he forms this man and uh and he stands him up and this little guy is so perfect he's got hair in here eyeballs cute little guy i understand his name is ned we named him ned (laughs) cute little ned and then the lord says there you go and then he says to the scientist it's your turn and the scientist says all right and so he goes and he takes the dirt and the lord says time out you can't use my dirt And this is a problem with the scientist theory of the big bang theory is that Where did matter come from? It all had to start somewhere. When did it begin? Where did it start? And what did it start with? You can't have the Big Bang Theory without a time, without a place, and without material. And we're still identifying new objects that that is falling on earth from other planets. To believe that it all came from one place, we would think that the earth all kept, that all the material of all the world should be found on this one place. But we're still discovering rocks that are falling on earth because the Lord is still doing beautiful, creating beautiful things. And that's going to be part of this message you're going to see. I have overstudied for this message and I apologize. My thoughts are everywhere. There is this gentleman he uh, was the winner of the Nobel Prize and he, he made this crazy, he's a, um, uh, an atheist and he he believes uh, in, in evolution and he won this Nobel Prize for some of his studies in this book that he made uh, um, called the, the Origin of Life and Evolution. And he made this statement that I thought was interesting after he won the Nobel Prize when being asked about the conversation of of evolution versus creation, and he said he got to the point in life that that life came that that he can't believe in in the act of God. That life came as a supernatural act of God. That he can't accept this kind of philosophy, because I do not want to believe in God. Therefore, I choose to believe in that which I know is scientifically impossible: spontaneous generation leading to evolution. Now here's a guy that won the Nobel Prize because of his studies. But his studies was there because he refused to believe in God and he was trying to prove things that he know we can't prove. This is one of the difficult things. Please understand, I believe in science. And I love when science proves scripture and proves things that I have come to believe is just truth. But what I have learned is that these scientists that we talk about, they're like out there in the ether. We don't really know who they are. And what we discover is that they discover things, these they people, that have come to contradict the last truth that they learned and the last truth that they learned and the last truth that they learned. I loved the Hubble telescope and some of the most beautiful photos that it has, it has taken over the years. And I was excited when the James Webb telescope was about to be made. And now it's creating photos and learning things that we are now knowing is true, that we knew was wrong, but now is true and then was wrong. And what I know is that scientists, they don't agree on almost anything. And it's because they're trying to disprove something that they desperately don't want to agree in because they don't want to submit. And I've been to this place in my life before, before I came to know Jesus as my savior, where I I was a Buddhist. And I was into new age religions and I was a hardcore atheist and I was looking for answers that I'm simply sometimes never going to get to. And it's hard because it's hard to understand God. I just don't. I didn't understand as a child what my parents were trying to instill in me. I always was asking why, why, how, how, why, why. There's just so many questions about God. And so I'm sorry to get you to a place of simplicity as we talk about God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, how did this all happen? It's so much more difficult and contradicting to try to figure out the details of what we know is true. This is simply impossible without the workmanship of God's hand. God spoke. And we exist. And I want to lean into that thought today, but uh, to try to move off of some of this conversation, uh, I had to come to a place and learn that like, there is a God, and I am not Him, and His ways are better than my ways. And in that moment, I finally had rest in peace. There are several books that I've been reading over the last three months about um, creation versus evolution. And if you're interested in this subject, you got to know that this is not where I pitch my tent. I'm not great at this conversation. But there are people that have studied this for years and years and years and years. A couple books I want to throw out to you. If you want to get your phones out, I want to throw out to you real quick. Uh, a really awesome one is, is um, oh my gosh, I already forgot their names. Uh, you can find almost all of these on, on Hoopla for free. Uh, Lee Strobel wrote a book called A Case for Creator. I'm reading right now a wonderful book by Frank Turek called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Super powerful. Frank Turek is one of the great the leaders in conversation uh, uh, for creation. And probably the best one that I'm aware of is the book called The Language of God uh, by Francis Collins. Powerful, powerful book that will help you understand a lot of the things about this, this conversation of, of evolution that has really just gone off the rails. We're trying so hard to figure out facts that we're just getting lost in all the details. And that's really what the enemy's doing. I'm going to take you back to scripture here because I really think that God wants to reveal himself to us today in the conversation of him as our creator. In the beginning, Elohim, God created the heavens and the earth. And the next thing we see in this verse is that it said that the earth was formless and void and it was empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Let me just stop there. I love that the Trinity is found in the beginning. The Holy Spirit was here from the very, 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 very beginning of everything that we know. And there is a lot of theories, a lot of questions that people will have about creation. And I want to let you know that there was a lot of beautiful arguments. There are things that we need to stand on as Christians, and there are some things that are still not clear. What is beautiful about this passage is that we know is that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless. It existed in the beginning, and the Spirit of God was there hovering over the waters, so I don't know what happened. Was it recreated? Was, what was going on? Did the earth, was the earth destroyed? There's a lot of questions that we have about dinosaurs and other things that your mind may be wondering to. As I have ADHD and I'd be thinking about all the things that are marching on the land when the earth was formless. Uh, but today is Pentecost Sunday and so I want to give the Holy Spirit the honor he deserves. He was always there. <clears throat> And so in this act of creation, we would see the Father creating and creating and creating and creating. We know from the book of John that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And so what we know is that Jesus was there and he was, the Word was speaking truth and creating powerful things. And it's important that we understand the power of God, the power of God's spoken word. The power of God's redemptive act as we read His Word. Because His Word is powerful and it's powerful in creating things in your life. Beloved, if you are a believer in Jesus, I beg you to get the Word of God in your life. Because what we see is that God spoke and created light and said it was good. He spoke and separated the waters and said that it was good. He spoke with his words, and he created animals, and he created the birds of the air, and he would continue to speak. The word of God is where we form our life, and life is going to get tricky for a believer who wants to follow the word of the Lord but doesn't have the word of God in their life because what you will do is you will discover truths that lead you on rabid trails that never come back to Jesus. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. So I'm throwing out books about creation. The best book you can read is Scripture. Please stay in the Word. Make sense? Cool. He's going to define all of these things that are good. This is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. And then he's going to get to this point where he's going to come to verse 27. And so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, please be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all of the fruit trees for your food. I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds of the sky and small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. This is what happened. In this passage, we see Elohim hard at work. He's made all of these things, and then he makes man differently than everything else. He makes man in his image in his own image, designed to reflect his character. Now, please make no mistake about it. You are a very big deal. You are not the Lord. He is the greatest deal. But he made you to reflect his glory and his character. And what I find in this passage, the first point of this message today is that the almighty creator used his infinite power to create us. And I think that it's important that we understand that you Are clay. You were made into His image. My little friend Ned here. Um, he's got a heavy head, and so Ned is kind of tipsy. He used His infinite power to create you. I think that's so important because we're lost in our identity. And it's important for you to know that he used his power to make you in his image because there are roles and things that the Lord wanted you to accomplish. And I see that very clearly from Genesis chapter 28. The Bible says that he wanted you to fill the earth and govern it. He wanted you to reign over the earth. There was something that is made in us that is different than fish that is different than animals and it is our ability to possess leadership and have influence I see it from the very origin of man and we can see it in mankind's ability to to populate, and the technology, and fire, and being able to print and 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 send messages to each other. I mean, man, we are we are we have we have grown way more superior than the animals of the earth and the birds of the air. You can see the strength of man. But when I recognize that what he's saying is that he wants you to reign over the earth, there is he wants you to rule over the there is a design inside the God nature in you to possess influence. And I, I want to tap into that at your job right now. I want to tap into that in your home. I think I have seen in the church a lethargy and, and an, an ability to just sit in wherever we are with comfort and with like allowing things to exist. But I see man, God making man to have leadership, to influence the earth, to influence other people, to be fruitful and multiply that God nature. Man, as I look at him making us in our image, I realize that when I was born again, he was making something new in me, a God nature in me that was designed to to possess the land and influence people. Please, (laughs) please. church know that wherever you go today and tomorrow he made you to exist there with influence don't fall asleep at the wheel i know what happens in gardens when we don't tend the ground weeds grow and it chokes out the fruit in that garden and i think we were designed to tend that 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 water does that make sense all right, I have to keep going, the second thing that I see here in this passage, and it's important that we look to God as our creator, because if we don't see him as creator, then we don't see ourselves as his creation, and then there's a misidentity. there's, then we, 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 we go to find our own identity, we go to find cool, or beautiful, or popular, or what the wrong things, but no, I am your creation, I'm the work of your hands. The second thing that I want you to be aware of is that because God created us, we are infinitely valuable. Now I'm taking this right out of one of these books. We are infinitely valuable and I I mean I love that concept because in all of the world the only thing that Christ came to redeem is mankind. Like he came in to suffer for what He created. There is nothing He won't do for us. He loves us, and we are special to Him. I don't know if there's ever been a hobby that you have, or a car that you built, or something that you designed, that when you were done, you looked at it and you said, man, that is something I did. I want you to know that that's the way the heart of the Father feels about you. Man, I did that (laughs) and uh, I I couldn't even get here that's the hard part but I know that there is a nature that he is so proud of you with let me take you into scripture something so obvious to me Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 we are gods say that word with me he created us anew in Christ Jesus and so that we can do the good things that he planned for us to do long ago and so in that first passage there was we see uh, God uh, creating man in his image to possess the land and subdue it and lord over the land and reign over the land. We know that there are good things that he's created us to do when we became born again. But I want you to recognize that you are his masterpiece. Now, this is important to me, Second Corinthians chapter 2, or Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are his masterpiece because I see in our generation an insecurity like never before. We are comparing ourselves to other people. We are not as good as other people. We are less than, not as beautiful, not as cool, not as smart, not as articulate, not as you can fill in the blank. And the reality is you're not. You'll never be the best guitar player, best singer, best artist, but you will be his masterpiece. And you're going to have to lean into that reality that he made you perfect He made you special, and he wants to showcase you. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You are important and valuable to him, and he's pretty confident that you're perfect in him, not in you. Masterpiece created in Christ. By myself, we're jars of clay, you know, but he put this beautiful light inside of us. Hmm. I'm going to read you a powerful verse. Rachel actually confirmed it on Wednesday night. Deeper. You guys got to come to deeper. If you were here Wednesday night, wasn't it just heavenly? Man, it was so wonderful. And Rachel read this passage, and I was like, man, she knows my notes. Psalms 139. It's just so important for me to know Elohim, Jehovah Bore, the Lord Creator. Watch this. You made me... You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Amanda uh, Pogo, she's never been Amanda in my life. I don't know, the young lady that got up here, you guys know her as Amanda. She's beautifully pregnant right now, and it's so wonderful that there's a baby in there that I have no idea who she is. But the Lord knows her fully right now. And I want you to know, like, your whole life is not an accident. Some of you have had some really rough childhood scenarios of rejection and abandonment and hurts. And and the Lord knew you before anyone knew you. You were wonderfully made, knit together in your mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship, Lord, is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in other seclusion And as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had even passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. So I have an advantage as a preacher right? The Lord puts a sermon on my heart and I investigate it and I start looking for it. And he put this sermon on my heart months ago because I'm not a, a, I don't know how to study all the creationist stuff. And so I'm getting into this and I'm looking and I'm, I'm right now, oh, Lord, you're my creator, Elohim, Elohim, Elohim. And I'm going into prayer. And it was such a wonderful thing for me to go into prayer and declare that he is my creator because I had to start with the reality that I am good to Him. And I then realized how often I came into prayer feeling so terrible about, God, forgive me. I'm less than, I don't deserve you, I don't deserve my family, I don't deserve the calling, I don't deserve to be healthy, I don't, de- and I'm all of these things. And I'm looking at this verse and the scripture saying, How wonderful are your thoughts about me? I can't even count them. That's an identity that is important for you to know. You're not an accident that you were made. You were designed with intent, your personality, your hair color or lack of, all of the things that you got going on, you were designed. Your sense of humor may be super weird to everyone, but it's perfect to him. You know, I'm looking at Chris uh, Hill right now. Uh, He made you. Some of you, the way that you ask questions. Some of you, the way that you worship. It's not like other people. And I just think for you to wear the concept how wonderful are your thoughts about me? I can't count them. Try. Why? Because it's important that we love because we've been loved. And in order for you to love others, you've got to be loved. It's important to come from a place that you recognize that he's crazy about you, even though you're a mess. He loves you. He loves that you're a mess because you're his mess. You're his project. You're his masterpiece. You're his work of art. And in this time, I've, I, I kept going back to prayer and saying, Elohim, my creator, help me. And I kept getting this image. When I got born again, I joined this program called Master's Commission. It was like this internship. And I had this leader. Her name was Christy. And Christy was just a radical lover of God. And in her office, she had this picture, one picture on her wall. And it was like a, you know, those photo booth things you take when you go in the photo booth with your friend and they give you like multiple photos. And they had this one black and white photo booth thing of clay. And this clay had like some hands in it and they were molding something. And and I always asked her, what's up with that? And she'd say, the Lord told me a long time ago that my role in him is just to be good clay. It's hard to be good clay when you feel worthless, uh, when you don't feel your purpose, or when you're living in comparison. If you're comparing your godliness to the person next to you, it's not going to work. He is our creator. From the beginning of time, he's always been creating. He's creating something beautiful in Amanda right now. He's creating something beautiful in Cheryl right now. No, you're not pregnant, Cheryl. You, you, you are, praise the Lord. You. But I, um, I tried today to make my best bowl for you. Worked on this for about 40 minutes this morning. And it sucks. <laughs> And that's kind of like what my life feels like sometimes. And sometimes I think we look at our results to find whether or not we're valuable. But you're not valuable based on what you're able to do in the garden, whether you're great at lording over everything or you're not. I'm gonna take you to a passage really quick that I think is prophetically profound. And it's found in Jeremiah chapter 18, where the Lord said this, the Lord gave another message to jeremiah he said i want you to go down to the potter's shop and i'll speak to you there so i did just as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel and the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped <laughs> so he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over and then the lord gave me this message oh israel can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. I need you to know that some of you are really hard at being vulnerable because you feel like you have to have it all together. If you're someone that needs answers, being vulnerable is difficult, but the reality is in the concept of lordship, you're not in charge. And you don't know all the answers. And your strength actually is working against you often in Christ. Your knowledge is working against you. Because when you know too much, it's hard to seek more truth. We get to this point where we're great, and we've missed it. Someone said once, When God is looking down from from heaven at Leonardo da Vinci and all these other things, he's not that impressed in your abilities. We all, our efforts look like this in comparison. So I leaned into this tension as I was thinking about this message the creator who's creating us in him to like lord over the land and be vulnerable. And I think they contradict each other this ability to have great confidence in who we are and what He's calling us to do and this crazy vulnerability. I feel that tension in the body of Christ. I feel it in myself. Because I I get going really good in one or the other direction. I get going really confidently in that I'm really great at what I'm doing for you, Lord. We're doing great things and all these things. And then... uh, or I get really good at sitting and waiting and just letting you fix me, Lord, and just letting you create in me something new. And I just get good at sitting and waiting and sitting and waiting and sitting and trusting and never doing or never being or never fulfilling. And there's this weird tension. I want you to know he is creating you a masterpiece in Christ to do great works. In this process, it's hard. Today, He is your creator. And He is creating you to do something for Him. Not just be, but to do. But it's got to start at being. I want you to know the first thing that He wants you to do is be His son and His daughter. He wants you to be His workmanship. I think he wants you to be his. So I've had an advantage over the last several weeks because I've gotten to go into prayer and be his creation. And be his. And be moldable and pliable. But some of us haven't been in a place of prayer where we're vulnerable in a while. And I just want you to know that's that's maybe why there's too many questions. What I know about when I'm on the potter's wheel, my life is spinning, you know? I can't see straight sometimes. I don't know what's going on. But I want you to know that his hands are on your life. Would you do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, you are the potter. You are the creator. You are Elohim. You are Jehovah Bor. I do believe that you created the world. I do believe that you exist. I do believe that you made the earth and the light. I do believe that you're calling us. To yourself. Or teach my heart how to love you. Teach my heart how to trust you. Teach my heart how to obey. If you're here today and you know that your life is not right with the Lord, there's some things going on that the Lord is not proud of. Today, I want all things to be made new again. You need to surrender your life to your creator and let him take control of your life. You've sinned. You've done wrong. You need him to step in and fix. There's brokenness. If that's you. Will you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus. God bless you. And then there's just one other group, um, this concept of like lordship and reigning and like having leadership. There's a lot of Christians that are not walking in their identity in the authority that God has given them. And I think that's a shame. If you're here today and you need God to give you your assignment, and bring clarity to what you're supposed to do. If that's you, can I just pray for God's direction in your life right now? If that's you, will you raise your hand? I love you guys. And it's an honor to sit here with you, and it's an honor to worship the King. Lord, there's currently more than 7 billion people on the planet that you've made. Billions of stars, yet you're interested in us. Your Holy Spirit is here, and we are honored. Forgive me, God, because I'm sinned again. I've looked away, and I've done it on my own. I give my life to you. Would you forgive me? bitterness or backbiting just selfishness and greed but you teach me to love others the way you love me you are my creator created me a new heart god for those here that are struggling to understand what their assignment is i pray that your holy spirit Would give them the authority that only comes from your throne. Power. The Holy Spirit resurrection power to boldly proclaim your name, to boldly lead, to boldly teach, to boldly instruct, godliness and righteousness and character. Give us leadership, Lord, as we follow you. In Jesus' name. Hey, guys, I love you, and uh, I hope that this made sense because I studied too much for it. I love you. Um, So many things to say. Uh, We have an awesome party tomorrow for our church birthday to just get together, be friends, eat food, and laugh. Come out tomorrow. Wednesday night is our night of worship called Deeper. Deb's going to bring a powerful teaching about worship, and it's going to be special. I love you guys, and I'm so thankful to serve Jesus with you. Love you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.